Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Welcome to our number two of Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We got Joe Galini, we got George Kurtz, we got Sean Angle producing our show, keeping us flying straight. And we're very excited to introduce and bring on uh, uh, Jim Wyatt, uh, the senior writer for titansonline.com he's been covering the uh, titans football team since 1999 uh, he's been on the network before always appreciate uh, him coming on jim how's it going i'm doing great i hope you're doing well today yes doing fantastic uh, uh, thank you very much for taking some time out of your weekend to join us and uh, yeah, let's talk some uh, titans football so uh, new coaching staff right new head coach uh, mike vrabel has taken over, right? Uh, considered a defensive-oriented uh, coach, but I know uh, one of his biggest tasks is to, to revamp this team, try to get the most out of uh, Marcus Mariota. So what uh, overall changes do you think he brings to the table? I mean, strategy-wise, you know, inside that locker room, uh, what, what, what can we expect uh, from uh, his coaching style? Well, I mean, he's a no-nonsense guy, an in-your-face coach. You know, I've seen that play out on the practice field. I mean, he... He, uh, he puts the pads on himself, at least he puts on like a blocking pad and will go up against running backs and pass protection drills. He'll pack on, uh, you know, linebackers who are trying to get off the quarterback, trying to improve their technique. He'll stop a practice uh, in the middle of it and, and let guys know if he's not happy with the, you know, the execution or the intensity. And uh, he's just got a completely different style about him. And I think players respect him because of his, experienced in the league and his uh you know his track record and he comes in with some moxie now as far as how it's going to look as it relates to marcus mariota you know one of the biggest hires he made one of the biggest hires the organization made was signing matt lafleur to be the offensive coordinator lafleur also interviewed for the head coaching job in tennessee before Vrabel was selected as the head coach and uh you know lafleur comes here after being you know with the rams and Jared Goff, he's had his experience with Matt Ryan in Atlanta, has experience with RG3 during his rookie year in Washington. He's been around some really good head coaches, and I think he's going to have an offense that's going to allow Marcus Mariota to do more, maybe spread things out, be a little bit less predictable than what Titans fans have seen over the past several years. Jim, I guess a lot of fantasy owners, are they're freaking out about the running game, right? Do we draft Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis? How is it playing out so far? Well, it's really not going to get, you know, clues or serious clues until games start because, uh, you know, we've seen them both in practice, you know, and it's clear what their skill sets are. I mean, Henry's a strong runner. He's going to move the pile. He was very effective in the playoff game against Kansas City last year. Deion Lewis was very effective in the playoff game against the Titans last year, at, you know, catching the football. He, he, he led the Patriots in rushing. He's going to play. He's going to be more than just – a third down uh, specialty back. And it's going to be a week-to-week thing. So fantasy owners are probably going to be a little bit frustrated. I think Derrick Henry will be the lead back, and I think when the season ends, he'll have the most carries. But there are going to be weeks when Deion Lewis uh, you know, gets a lot of touches, and it's going to depend on matchup. It's going to depend on how the Titans feel like the best way they can attack defenses is. And it's going to be uh, dependent on how – defenses, uh, you know, defend the Titans. So you're going to see both of them. And I know for fantasy owners, that's, that's 
tough to hear that because you just don't know from one week to the next. You're not, not going to be able to really see it play out until games start. But uh, it's 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 really hard to say before we've seen a game, and you're not going to really get clues in the preseason either. Uh, so you mentioned Matt Lafleur uh, coming in as the new offensive coordinator. Uh, Titans past couple seasons have been top ten in rushing play percentage. Uh, do you think that that trend is going to continue or you mentioned uh, him kind of opening up that offense a little bit more do they uh, uh, allow uh, Mariota to open up and, and 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 pass a bit more what are we thinking that we're going to see in terms of the overall offense yeah I, mean, I think he still wants to have a, a good balance to keep defenses on their toes a little bit I, but I expect to see the ball in the air more and uh, I expect to see it in the air you know, more downfield as well. I mean, you're, you're going to see some some screens uh, and some passes out of the backfield to running backs, but you're also going to see uh, see them take chances downfield with the deep ball. Now, they need to get some guys healthy. You know, that's another thing going into the season. I know we're closing in on fantasy drafts and, and things like that, but, uh, you know, Rashard Matthews hasn't practiced since May. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's he's this team's veteran receiver. Corey Davis has been somewhat limited in practice. He didn't play against the Packers. When he's when he's practiced, he's looked phenomenal. I mean, he's he's physical. He uh, you know he's got a swagger about him. He catches the ball with great ease. He's going to be, I think, the top target uh, among the receivers. But he's got to prove that he can stay out there. Some other guys to watch: Taewon Taylor heading into a second season. He's He's proven in some practices he can get open deep and catch the ball. Tajay Sharp's back on the scene after missing last year. And uh, even a guy like Michael Campanero, I could see line up in the slot and be productive. So a lot of options, not even talking about the tight ends yet, that they could go to. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think you're going to see the ball in the air more. Just a quick follow-up with Mariota. Uh, it, they, are they going to limit his running at all, or is he going to run uh, as much as he has in the past uh, 60 rushing attempts in each of the past two seasons? I think he's going to have some RPOs in there, and he's going to have the option to run uh, if something's there. And uh, uh, he, he looks faster to me this offseason. He's, he's kind of ditched the knee brace that he wore the past couple of seasons. It was kind of cumbersome. I think it slowed him down a little bit. You know, he's had the whole off season to get uh, prepared this year as opposed to the previous year where he was recovering from uh, surgery, and I think it's paid off. I mean, he, he's opened it up several times and uh, looks like a, you know, a much faster guy on the edge, and we saw a little glimpse of that against the Packers on uh, Thursday night. Jim, uh... I honestly, this may be a little bit unfair, but uh, DeMarco Murray, former uh, Titans running back, uh, his name's going to come up now because of the Darius Geis. He's lost for the season with a torn ACL. Were you caused surprised uh, being in the locker room with him? Were you surprised that he retired? And do you think his retirement is real, or do you think he might come out to play for another team? Well, his time was up here. I mean, he 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 was released, and so there was no scenario where it was coming back. I, I fully expected him to play in 2018, up until it got to the point, because I expected him to sign somewhere early in the offseason. I think when some of those doors closed up uh, early and, and the options weren't that great or maybe the contracts weren't that great, I think that made him ponder retirement. He said at that point uh, there were four or five teams he was interested in that, that were interested in him, and then a week later he retired. I, I don't know. I mean, he's. I think I'd be surprised at this point if he did. I, yeah, I do understand the guy situation. Maybe give somebody more of a chance to be a featured back, but that's a tough game to play. You're in and you're out. I know DeMarco works extremely hard. He's one of the biggest. Uh, I give him credit for being one of the guys that turned things around here as far as uh, uh, changing the culture in the locker room because he was just a relentless worker. He's, uh, he's a guy that players respected. I think he still has some gas left in the tank. You just couldn't see it that much last year because he dealt with so many different injuries. Uh, you know, I, I've already noticed him on Instagram and social media, you know, being pretty active, doing things with his family. He's a kind of he's a family guy. So, I mean, saying you're retiring and then coming back out, you know, a couple of weeks later, I think that would be uh, not something I'd expect from him. But I guess you never say never. Uh, you're listening to Jim Wyatt, the senior writer for 
titansonline.com. You could follow him on Twitter at Wyatt Sports. That's W-Y-A-T-T Sports. Uh, so you uh, touched upon the wide receivers. Uh, first of all, Rashad Matthews, uh, this a, seems to be a, a long-term injury. Uh, it's kind of, they're calling it undisclosed, and he missed uh, some time during the offseason program as well, as far as I could tell. And uh, in a perfect world, you know, if Davis is healthy and Taewon Taylor is, is healthy, who do you think is the uh, most targeted receiver out of this crew? Is it Corey Davis at this stage? Yeah, I think it's Corey Davis. Uh, he's got to obviously, again, stay healthy and, and be out there. I, I think they're being careful with him as he's as he missed the game Thursday and missed some practice leading up to that. They're getting ready to practice here again in about an hour, and uh, we'll see if he's out there today. I think if he's healthy, he'll be the number one target. I think Taewon Taylor's going to be very active this year, very productive. Uh, and then Richard, I mean, he's a dependable guy, and he's been very productive here. But you're, as you mentioned, I mean, he hasn't taking part in any of the work this offseason since May, and uh, so he's going to have some catching up to do when he does come off of PUP and is uh, is available to play, and uh, and then he's going to have to work through some things, obviously, as well. Jim, are you, uh, times were, listen, it looked like they were thought dealt a blow when Jonathan Cyprian was lost uh, due to injury. Then you went and signed Kenny Vaccaro. I understand it's only been a little, less than a week, actually, but how's that looking so far? I like Vaccaro. I think the team is fortunate that he was available. I mean, a lot of times you get an injury this close to the season starting, you're having to wait until roster cuts, uh, you know, from 90 to 53 to really find uh, guys out there that could fit. And then you're right up against the season. So to have Vaccaro available, uh, I think the team was, again, fortunate. He's looked good. He's already working with the first team. He started the game against Green Bay. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a pretty uh, sturdy guy in run support. I think he's got pretty good movement skills as well. So, I think uh, you know, Cyprian will be missed. I thought he played well at the end of last season when he got healthy, and uh, he was having a really good off season. But uh, Vaccaro, uh, you know, he, he has looked good to me over the first uh, week around him. Jim, what could we expect uh, from Delaney Walker? Just seems to be uh, one of Mariota's favorite receivers over the years. Uh, you know, 34 years old, but doesn't seem like there's any signs of him slowing down. Uh, past three seasons, 95 catches, 65 catches, 74 catches. Can we expect uh, somewhere in that range? You know, the 65 to 75 catch range, and and uh, Jonu Smith uh, coming off a torn MCL. So uh, basically. Uh, Titans probably depending on Walker to play a full season, right? Yeah, but Smith's been good. I mean, he's completely healthy. He didn't have to have surgery. He's had a good offseason okay. himself. Delaney Walker, you know, is amazing uh, to me just how he keeps going at, at uh, <laughs> closing in on his uh, 34th birthday and heading into his 13th season. He got a new contract extension that'll keep him with the team into 2020. And you don't see tight ends getting contract extensions, you know, heading into year 13 very often. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's been diving for balls in practice. He's been, uh, he's been very, uh, you know, very productive since he's been here. I don't expect that to change. But with that said, I, mean, I think John o. Smith plays a bigger role this year as well. And uh, I think both of them are going to catch – I think Smith is definitely going to catch more balls than he did last year. And I think uh, I think Delaney Walker certainly has the potential to approach those numbers that he got last year as well. He, he said himself he wants to do more. He, he was disappointed he only scored three touchdowns last year. He thought it was a down season, even though he went to the Pro Bowl again. But uh, he, he's plenty motivated. Jim, outside of the big names, uh, Mariota, Henry Lewis, Matthews, Davis, and Walker, is there a sleeper on this team that fantasy owners may want to throw a, you know, throw a dart at the board, hopefully hit a bullseye in round 14 or so late in their draft? Who would be somebody outside of those big names that you might take? Well, Tajay Sharp is an uh, under-the-radar guy. Some people might have forgotten about him. He came in here as a rookie out of UMass a couple of years ago and was very 
uh, he was very productive and because uh, he's kind of a he's a football guy. I mean, and what I mean is he's a guy that studies the game. He, he, I remember the first day he walked in the walked in the building. He uh, as a uh, on his first day with the team, he was carrying a football. He sleeps with a football at night, and he <laughs> loves the game. He, he bought a jugs machine to work. Uh, in his backyard in New Jersey at his parents' house when he went home this offseason. Uh, he's been with Mariota at all these passing workouts during the offseason. He didn't play last year because he had an injury and was put on IR, and now he's back. Uh, he's had another year to get bigger, and he's uh, another year to learn. So he's a guy that I think people ought to take a flower on because I could see him playing a role this year. He's been a dependable receiver and uh, now with a little experience under his belt, even if it was watching last year. All right, uh, Jim Wyatt. Follow him on Twitter at jwyattsports. Uh, go to titansonline.com. Uh, senior writer for the Titans. Uh, Jim, uh, just last quick question. Nine wins last year for the Titans. Uh, can they repeat that? Can they take a step forward, or is it too soon to tell? Well, I think they can repeat it, and I think there's potential to take a step forward. But with that said, I mean, the division's better. Houston's better with Deshaun Watson. The Jags, obviously, a team to contend with. They should have went to the Super Bowl last year. They let that game because the Patriots slip away, and then the Colts coming back with Andrew Luck. The Titans have got the Patriots coming to town this year. they got the Eagles coming to town this year. It's a tough schedule, so you gotta you got to win the close games. you got to stay healthy. They've already got three guys in RR. They, got, they can't have that trend continue, but potential's there to be a good team. Jim, thanks for taking some time out. Talk to you again. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Appreciate Update. It. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive edge fantasy package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive edge fantasy package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive edge fantasy football package promo code FNTSY. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. We're giving away more World Series tickets on FNTSY Sports Radio Network. This time it's to the winner of three DFS baseball contests. The contests are sponsored by DKMS, who are looking for your help in the fight against blood cancer. For many patients, a bone marrow transplant is the best chance for survival. While 30% of patients can find a matching donor in their families, 70%, that's nearly 14,000 each year, must rely on a benevolent stranger to step up and donate. You can find out how you can help the cause and win 2018 World Series tickets playing free daily fantasy baseball by going to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. That's dailyroto.com slash DKMS your ticket to the World Series, and blood cancer patients' ticket to life. So, George, a good guest spot from uh, Jim and uh, Tajay, right? That's the guy uh, that we have to, uh, that he recommended as a as a sleeper? As a possible sleeper, left Tajay Sharp, who uh, had some, mm-hmm. I guess, some moments last year as well. The problem is, with taking a Titans receiver as a sleeper is, I don't see them throwing the ball enough. Mm-hmm. I just don't. And the, the run game is strong, you know, with uh, Henry and uh, and Deion Lewis. So they'll be able to keep the ball on the ground or do little flip passes. Marietta will also run the ball himself. And then, you know, Rashad Matthews, assuming he goes back, this is all completely different if Matthews can't get healthy or there's another right. injury here. But uh, it's, I don't know. I just don't know if Sharp can get enough targets, enough opportunities to be uh, truly worthwhile. So that would be my issue there. He may be the best. Sleeper for the uh, – for some reason, I want to set the Patriots. But I don't know if that's going yeah. to matter uh, for the Titans. I just don't know if they're going to be that type of offense. I think I'd rather go with a you know a more prolific passing offense if you're going to go with a wide receiver. You know, you think Green Bay, Patriots, someone like that. Yep. A um, couple of segments ago, we were talking uh, Seahawks and the Colts. And uh, just want to mention that Marlon Mack, uh, running back for the Colts, and 
We've talked about their backfield being very crowded, uh, classic running back by committee situation there. But Marlon Mack, uh, hamstring strain, uh, missing a few weeks. Uh, but it's supposedly it's manageable. So uh, just, uh, you know, Naheem Hines. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts out of that backfield at this stage. There is really nothing's changed. I mean, you, know, you said there's a lot of movie parts. It's going to be tough to, uh, to nail it down all season long. Could be a game-by-game. Game. Hot guy. Mm-hmm. Who's playing well? He gets the carries. Mack, Hines, Wilkins. Turbin's uh, suspended right now. So, uh, But he'll be in the mix eventually. they got Christine Michael there as well. Not that he should be really a threat here. Um, I mean, some people truly believe that Hines and Wilkins are the perfect match. Uh, like a thunder and lightning thing. You know, they're the perfect match. But other people believe Mack is uh, you know, a game-breaker. A guy who could do a little bit of everything here. It's... Um, it's, it should be interesting how these guys break out. I think a fantasy owner's most important thing is you don't want to draft any of these guys early. You know, and you, I don't know if you, I, I would want to draft more than one. If I'm drafting today, I can get Marlon Mack in round nine or so. I'm okay with it. We'll see what happens here. Maybe he breaks out. But I'm well aware, you know, <laughs> that you, you don't know. Maybe the 50% Mack is the guy. Maybe it's 30% Hines, 20% Wilkins, whatever the percentages breaks down. No matter how you break it down, even if you get the 50 those means that the 50% chance you're wrong. That's going to be one of the other two. Mm-hmm. So that's the issue here. You know, it's sort of like playing poker. You know, when you're uh, if four guys are all in, even if you have aces, yeah, you're the favorite to win. You're about a 40% favorite to win in most of those uh, occurrences if there's uh, three or four guys. But that also means you're a 60% favorite to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a dog. And compared to the other three people, you just have the best chance of winning out of all those four people. I, that's, what I, that's what I feel here. Yes, if you have Mac, I think you're the favorite. But there's also a pretty good chance that one of the other two will break out or that they, they just decide to go, hey, we're going with running back by, by committee, whichever guy's playing well, or they're all going to have different roles. One guy's going to have you know, sort of like what I think is going to happen in uh, Detroit. One guy's going to be a touchdown guy. One guy's going to be between the 20s. One guy's going to be the pass uh, catcher. You know, and, and that's an issue for fantasy owners. Yeah, uh, great analysis of bringing the uh, uh, analysis of, of uh, poker in there. Good, good job there, Mr. I do try, you know. I'll try to be a well-rounded analyst. I mm-hmm. love poker. Are you a poker guy? I like playing poker. Yeah, I mean, I like uh, Texas Hold'em. I don't play. I don't play enough. You know, uh, we get together every once in a while, but it just doesn't happen often enough. Me and my friends. I uh, see. When I when I was in Vegas, I actually uh, I, I played tournaments. I I enjoy that mm-hmm. in cash games or or tournament. Mm-hmm. What's great is if you if you um, you know I'm not really I'm not a blackjack guy. So because yeah, because blackjack to me is boring. You told you if you play the game right, you know what to do before you even get the card. You know, right. deal is showing you seven. Well, then you got to keep hitting until you get higher than seventeen. You assume he has a, a picture card underneath, and that's what he has. He has a six. Well, then you're stopping as soon as you might bust. You know, once you get higher than eleven. You know, so it's just, you're just told what to do. And I, I like to be able to think. Poker is more of a, uh, a thinking strategy, person's yeah. game. It's more mm-hmm. strategy. It's also poker's a lot about math. I I'm very good at math, and I know my percentages on all hands mm-hmm. about whether or not I'm favored to win or lose. And uh, you know, if you get a, if you get the right table too, there's a lot of camaraderie going on. It's just it's fun to me. So uh, I had a good time uh, in Vegas playing in the uh, tournaments. Uh, enjoy them. Like I said, it's, uh, but, but what's nice is if you're on a budget, you know, you don't want to go spend thousand dollars. You know, you're playing a tournament for fifty, hundred bucks. You can be there for three, four hours, easy. Right. Until right. that tournament ends. Uh, so you, you know, so uh, I like it. To me, it's a it's a lot of fun. We wearing dark glasses so that uh, you know to be mysterious and uh, that we could read you. You know, uh, no, because I, my eyesight's not good enough to do that, to where I can still see the cards, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so no, uh, I don't do anything special. I mean, I'm not wearing, uh, and it, it, I guess if we were talking a more expensive tournament where, you know, the buy-ins, thousands of dollars, or the main yeah. event, you know, something like that, where it's ten grand. yeah, I might do some more things. I'm not mm-hmm. someone who can pick up tells, unless you're very obvious, I'm not that good a player, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not reading the vein in your neck. If it's pulsating, even if I could see it, I would know if it, does that mean you're bluffing? Is that why you're pumping blood? Right. Does that mean yeah, you have a great hand? You, I wouldn't know you, what it means anyway. Do you have a sh- are you having a stroke? I mean, oh, you have your stroke, right? <laughs> <laughs> are you having a medical emergency? So straight uh, yeah, down nine one one. Right, I, <laughs> someone could. no. So I, I never understood that. As uh, I can't, I'm not good at telling. I'm good at my math, and I have a very good memory. You know that that's mm-hmm. how I play. If uh, I'll re- recognize how if you wow he did the same thing last time he had Ace King. You know that's how uh, I'll be able to play. But uh, no, I don't wear dark glasses. I don't wear uh, a big hoodie <laughs> to cover my face when I'm in a hand. You know, uh, you just you just pay it. You try and uh, 
if anybody watches poker, if you ever watch Chris Ferguson, who does the same thing every time, uh, in fact, I think he's called the Poker Jesus. Uh, it's funny. Uh, so he's the same thing every time, and that's what I try and do. Make the same uh, every ten seconds. That's when you do your your bet or whatever. Uh, this way, you're always the same. People uh, can can't read you then. But there also be times if I'm, you know, you you do it on, you do things on purpose. Like guys try mm-hmm. and pick up tails and then, uh, but you ha- you have the opposite. You know, right. it, it, it's fun how it works. That's a uh, like I said, it's it's just a fun game, and I enjoy playing. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, let's say if you're playing with some buddies, there's also the social aspect aspect to it, like you mentioned, and you know, it's just a, a good time. So yeah, actually, I'm overdue. I got to get together with my buddies and have a little Texas Hold'em tournament. Um, so we were talking Colts Seahawks. Just, just let's finish it off. And I know you're you're very down on the Seahawks this year, especially. With, with their uh, offensive line, you don't think they've improved it enough. But uh, uh, I know this is not going to jazz you up or anything, but uh, Chris Carson uh, severely uh, outplayed uh, Rashad Penny, supposedly. Uh, I, I know we can't you know, just look at specific stats without looking at the game, but uh, 6.5 yards per attempt for Carson in this past uh, preseason game, only two yards per attempt uh, for Penny. But supposedly uh, it was it was noticeable if you were watching the game that Carson uh, severely outplayed Penny. And, I mean, it sounds like there's a good chance that Carson might open the uh, season as the number one guy there. This is not good news. This is a mess. I mean, this whole Seattle team's a mess right now, fantasy-wise. Because you think about it, Baldwin not going to play the rest of the preseason. Or at least doesn't look yes. like he will. Right? And now you bet you throw in the running backs. Yeah. Yeah, th- throwing the running backs, and also you mentioned uh, ProSize, hip injury. You know, I mean, right, so it, it, it can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really care about ProSize. He's not really being drafted anyway. You know, dartboard mm-hmm. throw late. But, but still, the Carson I mean, with, with is a problem. Out. Mm-hmm. Because what happens, you draft Carson, Penny's going to start eventually. Is it week four, week six, week eight? Do you have to draft both now? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so that's an issue there. I already mentioned the Baldwin thing. There's no one left for Russell Wilson to throw to. Mm-hmm. You know, in preseason, I, if I'm Seattle, I am not playing Russell Wilson all that much in preseason. I don't want to get him hurt, you know, but this mm-hmm. is just, it's just not good. They don't, they don't have the tight end. I mean, Jimmy Graham's gone. You know, Baldwin's now out. Now, you know, one wide receiver is Tyler Lockett. You know, Paul Richardson's gone too. Brandon Marshall is, is a player in name only. Yeah, right. he's no longer really truly valuable here. So they, there are all sorts of issues. Now right. it's uh, for Seattle. That's, I think they have major major problems here that they're going to have to work out. That's kind of why I even mentioned process. They may they may have to depend on him, and now he's got a hip injury. I mean, I know he's not really looked at as a as a big fantasy contributor, but they may need something from him if this keeps up. You know, my biggest worry now is does this now take Russell Wilson out of the number two spot as far as the quarterback is mm-hmm. concerned after Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I'm not I'm not so sure he's in that tier anymore. And it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. It's the talent around him. You know, it just right. may not be there uh, because you know, Russell Wilson, I said it many times, if Seattle would have made the playoffs last year, he was my MVP of the league because mm-hmm. I thought he was that. I mean, I think he was doing it all by himself. And But at least he had Baldwin and Jimmy Graham last year. You know, he, right. he might not even, not even have those two now. And you're, you're asking too much of the man. You're just asking too much to him to do everything by himself. So uh, I think it's going to be tough this year. I, I you know, it's funny. I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's the number one quarter, number one fantasy quarterback by far, not even close. After that, a lot of these other quarterbacks that we want to put in the second tier, Wilson, Brady, Watson, Wentz, you know, they all have warts. You know, Wilson, we just mentioned it. Uh, Watson, uh, he's coming back from the torn ACL. And we haven't, he's only started, what, six, seven games. So we don't really know what he can be. Defense has certainly studied him. They'll slow him down somewhat. Wentz, we're not even sure he's going to start week one. With the ACL and other uh, MCL mm-hmm. and other injuries he's had there, I think he will, mind you, but we're not positive yet. You know, so he has problems. Brady, they keep trading away every receiver that, that he, he could possibly have. You know, now Edelman suspended for the first four games, so he wanted there's issues there. Sony Michelle, the the running back, I think they were hoping to take some of the offensive pressure off Brady. He got, had surgery, so he may be out for a bit. Well, he is out for a bit. The question is how much into the regular season. So there are a lot of issues here. As far as these second-tier quarterbacks, it's, it's another reason why, Joe, with fantasy, if, I, if I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers, and I won't take Aaron Rodgers, if he's there in round five, that's when I'll start to think about Aaron. Right? Then he slipped a little bit, but I'm not taking him in round three, round four. But after that, if I don't take Aaron Rodgers in round five, I am waiting forever on the quarterback because I'm probably not taking any of these second-tier guys in round six, seven, 
I'll wait to around 9, 10, 11 to grab my Philip Rivers, uh, Andrew Luck types of guy, type of guys. And I'll have no problem doing that because I will have loaded up on running backs and wide receivers earlier on. I think I wrote, I've written so many columns about this, you know, about the quarterback, like three for the, uh, in different ways uh, for the XRX exclusive edge package. You know, you and I are going to this uh, Daily News uh, extravaganza, yeah. whatever you want to call it, fan forum. The Empire Casino, question, yeah. The Empire Casino. And the question they, they asked me, that the Daily News wanted me to answer, what round do you draft the quarterback in? What the hell? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's like everybody wants to know. And for me, I, I told them round eight. And that's the earliest I would think about drafting a quarterback, really the earliest. I think I know a lot of, of uh, the industry leagues now, I'm seeing uh, uh, people report that even Aaron Rodgers isn't going to round six, round seven. So everyone and their mother is now waiting on a quarterback, which is somewhat annoying to me because I actually want people to draft quarterbacks early so I can, once again, get those running backs, get those wide receivers, and I'll get my quarterback late and be happy. If everyone's waiting, that changes things. Because as I said, I don't uh, outside of super flex leagues or two quarterback leagues, I won't have Aaron Rodgers on any league you because know, I won't draft the quarterback early. But if he starts to slip or he's there in round five, Joe, I'm probably pouncing. Because then the value to me is too good. You know, uh, I, I'm, when I say I won't draft Aaron Rodgers, I'm saying I won't draft him in round three, round four, and probably not the top of, uh, of round five. But if I'm there mm-hmm. bottom of round five, I, I don't think I'd have a, I don't think I could pass that up. Right. No, I agree with you. I'm there with you. And that's why, uh, you know, the importance of – not importance, but uh, that's why I, you and I both agree it's a lot more fun to play in a, a two-quarterback league in a, uh, a super flex league where, you know, you, not not everyone is waiting till the uh, you know eighth, ninth, and tenth round, you know, uh, to to draft their quarterback. In this DWG four league that I'm in, the Drafting with Giants uh, four league that uh, Andy Singleton put together. Believe it or not, R- Russell Wilson went before Aaron Rodgers in the third round, and uh, a few picks later, uh, like five or six picks later, Aaron Rodgers uh, went as well. But uh, that's way too early for me to take my quarterback in a one-quarterback league. And uh, based on what you had just said, you agree. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the first I've heard of anyone going ahead of Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, especially with all the problems we just pointed out. I Wow, makes you wonder that's a Seattle fan. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that shouldn't happen. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is in a tier all by himself. I mean, he mm-hmm. just is. He is that good. Uh, what's your possible? I guess what? You worry about the collarbone and breaking it again? Okay, he's done it a couple of times. I guess I could get that. You worry about him? No mm-hmm. Jordy Nelson there? All right, I get that too, but doesn't Russell Wilson have the same problems? <laughs> and mm-hmm. So there's no, yeah. way, no way I'm taking anybody uh, above Aaron Rodgers here. And like I said, Wilson, I haven't lowered him in my ranks yet, mainly because I just put up the other quarterbacks that are right behind him. They all have the same, same sort of warts there. But uh, I'm wondering if I'm going to have to. You know, uh, once again, you're talking two to four, nothing major there, but it's uh, it's problematic right now. You know, I, I, I'm really concerned that Doug Baldwin's not on the field and that we, he's, he's going to miss most of the preseason. We're just going to assume he'll be ready for week one and be great. I think that might be a little uh, presumptuous. And Seattle's not the team they used to be anyway. Their defense isn't right. really. The Legion of Boom is gone. You know, they have mm-hmm. to trade Earl Thomas eventually, whether it's the Cowboys or not. They have to trade him. He doesn't want to be there. That's fairly obvious. you you got to move on. You know, get what you can for him. You, uh, you don't, you're not planning on signing him. This is not like Aaron Donald or Khalil Mack, you know, where we know the teams want those players. Seattle has no intention of signing Earl Thomas to a long-term contract. So move on. Get, get, uh, talk to the Cowboys or whoever. You know, actually, I, I meant to ask Jim Wyatt uh, if uh, the Titans had any thoughts of Earl Thomas when Cyprian went down. But uh, I don't think they did. We didn't hear any rumors there. It seems to be Dallas or Bust. Work out a deal. It's a deal that would make sense for both teams. Yes, absolutely. Um, talking about quarterbacks that uh, are in their own tier, maybe uh, down the road this guy might uh, have his own tier uh, if uh, the hype matches his production eventually. Uh, Sam Donald, right? Uh, Jets uh, defeated the Falcons seventeen nothing. What did you think of uh, Donald's uh, uh, you know numbers? I mean, the numbers are good: thirteen for eighteen, ninety-six yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but he looked good. He did look good, and you know, there's a lot of hype here. Uh, you know, he missed the first couple of days of camp because of that stupid contract squabble. Yeah, yeah, we talked about that, just yeah. Just complete mm-hmm. idiot, idiocy. But there's still a lot of talk here that he could get the uh, starting job, that he might win it over McCown. McCown is getting mm-hmm. the least amount of reps in camp. Now, that's by design. That has nothing to do with him mm-hmm. being behind the other guys. That's because they want to get – they want to see what they have in Donald and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, which makes perfect sense uh, for once the Jets are doing the right thing. Uh, but there's a lot of noise here 
that Donald could win this job from day one, which I'm surprised because you would think he would have been behind everybody else. But if he's the real deal here, I, I applaud the Jets for doing it because I think McCown will be a great backup as well, someone to tutor and mentor him. And you want Bridgewater to play some too because maybe you could trade him, you know, get something for them uh, for him, and I don't blame them there either. Yeah, he looked pretty good last night as well. So when we come back, we'll continue breaking down uh, NFL uh, preseason action. You listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. You got Joe Galina, you got George Kurtz. Sean Angle producing our show. And uh, let's continue working uh, through these games here. Uh, Packers defeated the Titans 31-17. to Man, I tell you, George... Figuring out this backfield, we talk about you know trying to figure out what a backfields with a lot of mouths to feed. What the heck are we going to do with the uh, the Packers backfield here? You got Aaron Jones suspended, right? Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery. I mean, are you into Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery? What I mean, is he going to be more of a pass catching back? You know, uh, in my home league. Uh, this draft happens uh, August 20th, I believe. Uh, I probably should know it's just on the commissioner. I'm pretty sure it's the 20th. So uh, anyway, keepers are due next uh, next Saturday. All right, so we, we right. keep three players this league. All right, now I don't uh, I don't have very good keepers in this league. You know, so my options are limited to save the least. You're only allowed to keep players drafted after the third round for those who are wondering. Uh, so I bring this up because I have Jamal Williams, round mm-hmm. seven. And like I said, Mike, uh, normally he would he'd be a no. I should have better keepers than that. But in this league, I really don't. I have Gio, uh, Giovanni Bernard in round 15, who I might keep. Uh, Pierre Garçon also in round 7, who's a possible keeper for me. And uh, really, that's unfortunately for me, that's that's about it you know, as far mm-hmm. as keepers are concerned. So uh, Emmanuel Sanders in round 7 as well. Jamal, running backs, we start three running backs in this league. So running backs are valuable, to put it nicely. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm still not sold. On Jamal Williams. I also have a, a bunch of extra draft. I traded, uh, made a lot of trades last year, so I have a bunch of extra draft picks. I think four. So really, when you think about it, Jamal Williams would now be more of a, a round 11 keeper for me. And I'm still not sold on the man. Because I'm wondering right. still, it's because I have extra picks. I might be able to do better than Jamal Williams. You know, I don't know if I want, I want him eating up a roster spot for me as a keeper. Where now, uh, you know, I have to look elsewhere. So it, it, I don't know. That's the bottom line is I just don't know what I'm going to do with Jamal yeah, because I don't trust the Green Bay situation either. Now, you mentioned Aaron Jones suspended for a couple of games. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. when he comes back. I was somewhat surprised that Ty Montgomery wasn't moved back to receiver, especially with uh, Jordy Nelson leaving. I thought that was almost a foregone conclusion because you had Jones and Jamal Williams. You know, you could draft somebody or bring in a free agent. You're fine at running back. But they kept them there. This is another situation when all three are healthy. That's going to be a fantasy nightmare. I think Ty right. Montgomery is more of the pass-catching guy. You know, so figure the more of a Giovanni Bernard guy, the Chris Thompson guy, uh, you know, that sort of guy. Won't be, the, won't be the goal line guy, which in Green Bay may not matter anyway because it seems like when they get on the goal line, Aaron Rodgers still raw throws it a lot of times. So you know, even that's not that valuable. But who do you start, Aaron Jones or Jamal Williams? Are you going to play that? And that's why I think I'm leaning towards not keeping him because I don't want to play that game. Even if I had both right. guys, Joe, I don't want to play that game every Sunday at 1245. All right, Jamal Williams. All right, I think it's Williams today. And then, you know, all of a sudden, no, it was an Aaron Jones day. Williams did nothing. Or, you know, Williams had started the first couple of series at seven rushes for 11 yards, and they went to Aaron Jones the rest of the game. That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, I try and avoid those situations, Joe, because I don't want to be banging my head against the wall and being ticked off that I chose the wrong player. And in my situation with all these extra draft picks, I probably can avoid that. So uh, I am not going to keep him around seven, unless I'm pretty sure I'm not. Fantasy-wise, I mean, if he's there, I'm, I'm looking more around nine to nine to eleven in straight drafts. You know, where maybe okay, at the very least, I'm not I'm not relying on him to start. You know, he's a bye week filler, reserve guy, injury. You know, that's going to happen. Fine. I think that's that's what I want here. I don't want him in one of my starting slots. There you go. Hey, let me just uh, take it aside here and remind uh, our listeners that Fantasy Factor is the only exclusively single-entry DFS site. They have free roles registering all the time and great promotions for free prizes. Keep a lookout for Fantasy Factor's free million-dollar survivor contest opening about a week before NFL kickoff. Uh, go to fantasyfactor.com. That's fantasyfactor.com. Uh, moving forward, uh, Steelers defeated the Eagles 31 to 14. And uh, some uh, news, I guess it's, you know, th- these beat writers uh, reporting stuff. And some of it's true, some of it is just their observation. They need to write, right? Uh, but Ruben Frank from NBCSports.com says that uh, Corey Clement could potentially catch 50 balls out of the backfield this is this season. And when we talk about busy backfields, we just talked a little bit about the the Packers backfield. Uh, none, none more busier and having more parts than the Eagles backfield. Yeah, they're another team I'm going to want to avoid. You know, <laughs> you mentioned Clement, Ajay, uh, Darren Sproles. No, thank you. I mean, uh, I mean, I like Clement a lot. I do. You know, I was uh, surprised somewhat that uh, Sproles came back, you know, because I think mm-hmm. that cl- cloud of things, I'd be a lot happier with this backfield if it was just Ajayi and Clement. And I, okay, I can mm-hmm. see the roles going here. I think it'd be pretty pretty even there, but now you throw Sproles in there as well. Mess. Just a mess. Uh, I'm still, once again, Clement is in that, almost that same as uh, Jamal Williams. Uh, around eight to nine. Ajayi maybe a round or two earlier. And if I'm too low on these guys, that's fine. But you know what? If Joe Galena takes him in round six, I don't care. Let Joe deal with the problem. All right? Good luck with Joe. You know, uh, that's, that's the way I feel about things, about players that I'm, you know, that are going to be in some kind of timeshare. You know, I, I'm not upset if I get sniped or if I lose him by a round. Good. It probably saved me the headache later on. And I certainly don't want three and four guys like this, which could easily happen. Mm-hmm. And, Drev, you could end up with the whole, because of the running back situations throughout the NFL, that most teams use at least two, several use three. And by several, I mean probably a quarter of the league. It can be a headache. You know, I'm not worried about the Jordan Howards and Tariq Cohens. All right, those guys have set roles. I got it. You know, Cohen's going to catch the ball. Howard's going to run the ball. I can live with that. If Cohen has the better game because he caught six passes for, you know, 72 yards and broke two for touchdowns, all right, that's going to happen. I know their roles. But when you add in that third guy, you know, like Green Bay, you know, it's just Philadelphia, Detroit, New England. You know, that is now I'm playing guessing games. And I want to right. avoid that as much as possible. I understand in most leagues you can't avoid it completely. We need running backs. You know, you're going to have, eventually it's going to come down to around 10. All right, this guy's here. I really don't want to take I don't know what's going on here, but you need depth. We need depth. Injuries are going to happen, which may solve the problem anyway. Maybe one of the three gets hurt. If it's not your guy, great. You know, if it is your guy, well, it solves the problem for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, I try to avoid this as much as, as I possibly can, Joe, because I... You know, I'm the conservative drafter, and I like writing in uh, about what I think a player is going to do. And when you get these three and four running back situations, you don't know. So I I can't pencil in somebody for this amount of yards, this amount of catches, because I don't know because this other guy is there, and he may take some away here. I try and avoid that as much as I possibly can. There you go. There you go. Uh, Moving forward, the Saints defeated the Jaguars 24-20. to And uh, one guy that uh, just I keep on reading about uh, for the Saints, I mean, obviously Michael Thomas, number one wide receiver there, and you have Ted Ginn, who you mentioned probably uh, Ginn might be more of a uh, best ball kind of guy. You have Cameron Meredith that uh, could end up being kind of like a sleeper. But Traquan Smith, uh, rookie wide receiver, hearing a lot about him. Four catches, forty-eight yards. What do you hear about uh, Traquan Smith? Any interest? I mean, I know this is a different Saints team because you know they've. they've I mean, they're not going to really be a, a run-first team, but the the running game really has. 
uh, the, you know, become more relevant for this offense. Well, they're pretty close to a run-first team. You know, that's what they became last year with Kamara and Ingram and that defense playing so well. But I don't think they're going to go away from that formula. You know, I think they realize Breeze is, you know, Breeze is a little long in the tooth there. You know, you can't have him drop back there 40, 45 times, and you don't need to anymore because, mm-hmm. once again, of that running game and the defense. Uh, Cameron Meredith is one of my top sleepers. You know, he is somebody I want in late, late in drafts. Uh, he's healthy. He looks good. I think he's going to be number two there behind uh, Michael Thomas, and I think that's a good place for him to be. Once again, Thomas right. is going to uh, – he's going to have a big part of the defense's attention, right? Safety over the top, double coverage at times, number one cornerback, all that. They're worried about him. Cameron Meredith, or, you know, if you believe in Trey Quan Smith, they're going to be an afterthought. I think it will be Meredith that breaks out here because uh, he's done it before in the NFL and because he's proving himself to be healthy. Uh, so he's the guy I'm looking at. Uh, now, one thing I do worry about is, you know, Smith is in camp playing, you know, full uh, full practice. You know, Meredith, you know, a little different, you know, because uh, he's been, you know, he's been held out of team drills at times because of the injury, you know, knee injury. Right. So uh, you wonder if he'll have enough time to get into uh, good chemistry, good rapport with Drew Brees. And that always concerns me. You know, maybe Drew Brees by week one is going to feel more comfortable with someone like Traquan Smith. Rather than Cameron Meredith. That's why Meredith is still asleep. That's why I don't, I'm not, as much as I like him this year and I want him, I'm not spending an eighth or ninth round pick on him. He's got to be there 12, 13. And I'll take him. If someone took him around nine, they, I, in my mind, that's a reach. I like him, but not that much. Uh, what are you feeling on uh, Ben Watson? Uh, according to Fantasy Pros, 26th uh, in terms of ADPs, 26th a tight end. Uh, I think he could outplay that ADP. Yeah, that seems to be awfully low. I mean, 26 at ADPs for Ben Watson. I mean, who's had a good season before with Drew Brees? I understand it may yeah. be really his only good season, but he's done it before with Drew Brees. So I, I think that's low, too. I do. You know, that being said, I, I might have him at 18. You know, so, and I, he's not going to be in tight in one category for me. But he's another guy I probably don't mind having him paired with the Jordan Reed, paired with the Tyler Eifert, maybe paired now with George Kittle. Yeah, I don't mind that. To think, hey, maybe uh, him and Breeze do have something special going on here. You know, so I, I don't mind it, but uh, I'm not looking to go out and get him either. Uh, tight end is another position I generally don't like drafting two at, and in most leagues you probably won't have to. You know, I think he'll uh, you'll have enough decent tight ends there because after the top uh, 10, 12, and you're gonna have a lot of uh, tight ends who have names, but we don't know what they're going to do. You know, as far as mm-hmm. someone like, uh, I mean, you just go up and down, Charles Clay, Bray. Or Safarian Jenkins, Watson, uh, Cook, uh, McDonald in Pittsburgh, Hooper with Atlanta, a guy that people liked last year, Ricky Seals-Jones, Gasicki in yeah. Miami. I mean, I, I can go on and on naming time. Hayden Hurst of Baltimore, the rookie. These rookies are actually have looked pretty good. You know, so uh, I think there'll be tight ends you can grab uh, if you when you need a second one. Uh, so I don't feel – I'm not going to feel the need. I'm not going to want to do it because I don't think any of them are good enough to really worthy of a roster spot. With the exception, if you're a Reed or an Eifert owner, then I'd probably want at least the, the best of these guys because, uh, I mean, let's face it. Anybody really think Reed or Eifert are playing 16 games, 14, 12? I mean, you go down the list to you. Uh, it's like playing that Price is Right game. When do we stop the number here? And how many games do you think these guys are going to deploy? Yeah, I don't think they're going to play 16, if, if you were asking me. But uh, um, So we were talking uh, Saints versus Jaguars. So let's talk about uh, Leonard Fournette. Uh, according to Fantasy Pros, ninth uh, ranked running back based on ADP. So, how are any concerns with uh, Leonard Fournette? Uh, while in college, had uh, some uh, injury issues. Always had these these uh, ankle kind of issues and whatnot. Last season, uh, really started off fantastically. Then uh, he got got hurt. Had an issue where he I don't think he wanted to take the uh, the team picture or whatnot. Any concerns with him, just like, you know, in terms of uh, injury and also maturity level? Well, I mean, as far as maturity level, you hope. And once again, a year older, another year in the NFL, he learns from his mistakes. Not that he made any major ones, but he right, certainly right. had a couple of four balls. Uh, so he's got to get a little better mm-hmm. at that. His numbers last year, I mean, 1,040 yards, that's really not all that impressive when you think about it. It's about, what, 70 yards a game, yay. Uh, but nine touchdowns. I think there's certainly room for improvement there. Uh, especially with mm-hmm. this team, this defense. I think they're going to get the ball a lot. Uh, I think uh, it's not all his fault, mind you. He only averaged 3.9 yards of carry last year. That's not very good. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
the passing game needs to come around to get those safeties off the line of scrimmage, to get teams away from, uh, you know, from just staying, stop the run, let's see if Bortles can beat us. And don't get me wrong, that's the way I'd approach it too if I was a defense. Uh, so I think the passing game needs to come around there to be a bigger threat, and I don't know if it can. You know, you don't have your, your top two receivers, you don't have anymore. Robinson's gone, Chicago, Allen Hearns gone, Dallas. So you, you lost a lot of your deep threats there. You know, now you seem to have a smorgasbord here. Marquise Lee, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, uh, Dante Marquis, Rashad Green. You know, we've heard these guys, but can anyone really step up to put some fear in a defense? I don't know if they can. So it wouldn't shock me if Fournette uh, is actually a better player this year, but the numbers are about the same because of this, because teams are still going to play up and you know, force him to beat us. Force, uh, let's just say, not let Fournette beat us. Let's force Bortles to throw the ball here, which Jacksonville... They can say all they want. They don't want Burroughs to be to throw the ball. They have to throw the ball because when he has right. to throw it, that's when problems happen. Mm-hmm. So, if you had to rank, the, and I agree with you, they're going to try to run the ball as much as they can. You mentioned the bunch of wide receivers there: um, Marquise Lee, uh, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Dante Moncrief. If you ask me, Lee is the guy that I'd want to own. But any chances any of these? Uh, like a Moncrief or a Westbrook could uh, outplay their ADP, have a little fantasy relevance. I know it's tough because, look, you and I are both expecting uh, the Jags to run the ball a ton. But is there well, I want nothing to do with Moncrief. Toss- okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have him on any teams. That way, something would really go wrong. I mean, end up Moncrief. I probably hit the wrong uh, button on the computer. Uh, like you, uh-huh. Lee's my number one guy. You know, he's a safe, mm-hmm. conservative pick. He's a frustrating guy at times too, because he gets hurt a lot of games, where he misses right. a quarter, misses action, and then comes back in. So he, he can frustrate you there. But he's the safest play there. I think as far as if I was looking for upside, it's Cole and Westbrook. You know, which one of those guys do you believe in? Cole had some big games. D.D. Westbrook, we've sort of been waiting to break out for years, it seems now. And I'm probably leaning towards him if I'm looking for that upside guy. Uh, sort of that, hey, it's round 14. Let's take somebody. You know, let's look, I need a wide receiver. I want some upside. Let's take a Westbrook or a Cole. 14 may be too high. Let's say round 12. I can see myself looking at, uh, at Westbrook here. So he's the guy, if I'm putting in order, Lee, Westbrook, Cole, Chark, and deeper leagues, I have some love as well. But uh, I'm not interested in Moncrief whatsoever. Hmm. What did he ever do to you? He couldn't make it work. He couldn't really make it work with luck. And I did <laughs> believe in uh, believe in him with luck. I mean, I had him a couple of years, and it just—if you can't make it work with Andrew Luck, mm-hmm. you're going to make it work with Blake Bortles, really? With all these other choices here, that's the other issue. There's a lot of choices there. You mm-hmm. know, it, it, with, in uh, Indianapolis, it was really him and uh, T.Y. T- Hilton. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, you explain yourself. Okay. So uh, when we come back, uh, I want to talk a little uh, Ravens, uh, Lamar Jackson. Supposedly, you know, this, uh, saying that the ball doesn't look that great when it comes out of his hands so far this year. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, four pass attempts. Patrick Mahomes, uh, it's been issues with him. Marshawn Lynch, 60 uh, yard touchdown score that was called back but i guess you got to be encouraged with that uh broncos you keep on hearing this kid's name portland sutton uh we'll talk some uh, more fantasy football with you maybe throw a little fantasy baseball as well you know we like to talk closers with george kurtz you listen to weekend fantasy update on the fantasy sports radio network mm-hmm. 